Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hotcast. I am your host, managing editor for Hot Time and Old Time Rubitition. Joining me, as always, is RJ. And RJ, the fire are officially, unofficially done. Because technically they're not mathematically out of it, but they're out of it. How you doing today? How am I doing today? Well, uh, like I said last episode, I, um, I, I went to the game. I brought some uh, co-workers along. Um, one of them, it was her first fire game. Uh, the other the other one, uh, they haven't been since the Blanco era. But uh, besides what happened on the pitch, it, it was a pretty good, you know, it was a pretty good vibe. Um, you know, out with friends, drinking overpriced beer, having ice cream nachos for the last time. I'm not going to go see Geek, but... Um, it, it was a really pleasant experience if, you know, if you ignore everything else. Well, the first half was nice. No. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. No, even 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 with those two goers, goal, goers, goals, um, we were recording early Monday morning. Um, even when those two goals that were scored, the flyer, the flyer, the fire weren't playing pretty at all. They were being exposed on, um, where would it be on TV? On the right-hand side of the pitch. So they were being exposed, you know, um, dearly on the right-hand side of the pitch, on the right flank. Um, the only net positive that, you know, for, for the first half on that, you know, I was able to observe and this is only in the first half because, you know, he dropped disaster class later on was for a brief moment. I thought there was going to be a Kendall Burke's redemption tour. Because what if for... he, first of all, you need to be need redemption to go on a redemption tour. And I believe this was his first time playing for the first team. So what redemption other than well, having to go play, having to, to go play in college instead of, um, joining, uh, pro getting a pro contract from an academy. Well, well, the the if, indignity of college soccer. He, he's played one or two first. Um, no, yeah, first team games. That was his first team debut. Burt's, but he's been so. He he's played. He played like Omaha. The Open Cup doesn't count. <laughs> Does my heart. And he played like five minutes of first team football. But but when, when I mean by redemption tour, I mean if you look at what he's also doing with the fire too, he's sure. not that great. Sure. I I, I I I can understand that sentiment. Um there were some things he did that impressed me before the wheels fell off in the second half. Um, I liked his 1v1 defending. Um, I thought that was something that um, he he did well. Because um, we know on the right-hand side with poor Sekulic, they have 1v1 defending problems. Um, so I think, I think he did that really well. Um, obviously, his positioning was good because he's playing next to Rafael Shihos. Who's very good at managing younger center backs? So I think 
the environment um, there let him play really well. Uh, his problems, as we saw in the second half, are lack of awareness on set pieces. He just let um, the goal scorer, whose name escapes me, on the, on the first goal, uh, just let him walk around him and score. And then on the second and third goals, uh, he just didn't react fast enough. I think the game... The, the game is too fast for him now at this point. I think that that is his major issue is that he's not, he, he doesn't pick up things um, or observe things or, or react to things fast enough to play in MLS at this point. I think maybe a couple more years, you know, with the reserves or training or maybe even loaned out, he could get there. But at this point, he is not fast enough recognizing what's going on. This is mostly a mental thing um, rather than me saying anything about his physical quickness. Uh, but his mental quickness, his recognition isn't there uh, to be um, playing in the first team. And he's really just an emergency center back. Um, I thought they should have played Pineda there instead of him and, and play um, Javier Casas Jr. in alongside Fade. Um, but then we don't get the Pineda goal in that scenario. So no, actually, I actually do think. I mean, Pineda has really great spatial awareness, and I think even if he were playing center back. I think he, I mean, yeah, who, who knows, you know, what would have happened, but I think he probably would have scored that goal, even as a center back. I don't know if you remember, but, you know, during MLS's back, you know, he scored, you know, goals from that decision. So he did. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. But I also think he'd probably be playing a little differently in that respect. So I don't know if he would be in that position is, is, is all I meant. Not that he wouldn't be capable of scoring. I just don't think he would have been at the top of the box in, in that scenario. I actually um, think he, I actually think he would because, you know, they around that build up around that time, everyone was just pushing up. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, hindsight 2020 and all, but. It could have been a possibility. Sure. That was a really nice buildup on the first goal. Um, Muller got the ball on the left side, did a 1-2 with Shakiri to push the ball towards the middle, found the outlet on the right. Brian Coutier's initial shot was blocked. Uh, but Pineda, as we said, with his great spatial awareness, was able to um, get on the ball and put the ball in the back of the net through a bunch so he didn't really have to you know power it through he just sort of placed it into the corner um through traffic and the fire were up one nothing um within 10 minutes and then that was a very good start to the game uh the second goal i was like i'm like staring at it and i'm the only thing i'm thinking is the future 
because it was what a ball that was by the way by brian gutierrez to find that space uh and, and put the ball in a spot where only the fire player could get it and uh john duran scored a fantastic goal um with chris mueller yelling at him to pass the entire time which i thought was funny uh, because there's Chris Mueller down there with his hands weighing, waving, and then Duran scores and then runs right to him and, and gives him a high five. It's like, yeah, you were open, but also I'm a striker and I'm going to score. And he did. Um, I just think that was, that amused me a little bit. Um, so yeah, the, the second goal was great. It was, you know, I, I do genuinely think that John Duran might be one of the best signings in club history. Um, you know, up there with like Blanco and um the second coming of Chris Rolf. I, I, I definitely think he's in that upper tier of signings, which we weren't gonna talk about George Heinz until later in the show, but like 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 we've been saying, his one redeeming quality is his ability to scout younger players and, and identify young talent. Because if you look at the younger players he signed, um, I believe Carlos... Was Carlos Turan one of his? No, that was a Nelson Rodriguez signing. But, like, uh, you know, Duran, and if you look at... Omari Glasgow, who's just who was just lighting it up in Fire Two this year, um, his draft pick of Josh Penn, you know, could turn into like a very good backup uh, striker. Um, his willingness to sign academy kids, who while yes aren't aren't ready to play in MLS at this point, are still full of young talent. Um, they're all pretty talented players. Um, the one redeeming quality of George Heights, despite the fact that, yes, he probably should and does need to go, um, is that his ability to identify and sign young talent has been very good for the club. And it's just that the high-profile stuff you need to get right he hasn't gotten right. Fade Navarro is another young talent that he picked up that's that's turned into a really good player and also um, just re-signed with the club. We don't know what the, the particulars of the deal are, but we know he and uh, Brian Gutierrez signed extensions over the weekend. Uh, so, like I said, yeah. His one redeeming quality... Um, you know, his ability to scout and sign young talent, um, but it's not enough for him to keep his job. I mean, like I said last episode, he can keep his job. It's just that there needs to be someone else over there. I mean, just have Heights in charge of, you know, the academy and certain regions and, you know, have one big name could be anyone could be someone from seattle who you could uh, say name. we're not bound by any sort of you know, i'm just saying could be some someone from seattle could be someone from atlanta i don't know but um 
I don't know. I think I'd rather have Lagerway than Bocanegra. Yeah. Especially how Atlanta's turning out right now. Um, yeah. With, uh, players throwing around food in the locker room, flipping tables. But um, I, wouldn't, I don't blame Joseph Martinez for doing that. But anyway, you know, and I think this goes back to what we said. And we're going to address some, some uh, comments. And, you know, I think this goes back to what we said in the last episode where... Look, we're not saying Nelson Rodriguez is a saint. He's far from a saint. You know, he's he's probably a good person, but he's not a good soccer person. But he's not what, a good leader of... Yeah, he's not yeah, a good leader. Yeah. yeah. You know, don't... What we were trying to say last episode, you look, yes, he made some bad moves, but he knows the league. He's he's an MLS plant. He knows how to structure contracts. He knows how to mess with the um with the international slot rules, which is why if you remember like every other week there was a story about a fire player getting a green card. Yeah. Because if you get a green card, you don't take up an international spot. So you had all these international players with green cards. So you could, you know, hopefully sign impact players to those eight international slots. Obviously, that failed, too, because uh, his problem was signing and identifying international talent um, for those spots. But his his processes and, and manipulation of the roster rules is something I think you need in this league to succeed. Um, without cheating, by the way, because, you know, Inter-Miami. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Nelson was very good at manipulating the MLS roster rules to fit what he needed them to fit. And I think that that is something that the Fire have missed, I think, with with, uh, George Heinz. Um... Speaking of George Heights misses, let's talk about Sheridan Shakiri. Um, is very good for about twenty minutes against Charlotte, then falls off the face of the earth. Um, does essentially nothing during the Charlotte comeback, uh, and then when you need him most, is taken off the field. What? How do you interpret his game yesterday? Uh, not yesterday, but Saturday over the weekend. How do you interpret what's going on there? Like what's going on with him, or how he with him? What what's in his head at the moment? So uh, let me just quickly go to how I just interpreted how he played, and I think yeah, uh, he he should have been benched. Or he should like not even in the bench at all. I mean, uh, and he wasn't even good for twenty minutes. Yes, he had some fancy passes, but that's that's really about it. They they led to nothing, you know. And you know, of course, you know a lot of passes leads to nothing. But he, he just does a lot of fancy footwork, is what I'm trying to say. And mm-hmm. you know, just going going back to his state of mind, you know. Once that it was 
obvious that the fire were going nowhere. He's he was on vacation mode. Not really vacation mode because you know he still has Qatar to worry about. But you know, you can tell that he doesn't want to give at least 40% out there and he's just doing the bare minimum and you know that bare minimum's just those fancy tricks that he's doing. It his mind's gone. He's not He's not, like, thinking about the fire. He's thinking about Qatar. And, you know... And, you know, Qatar isn't going to pay his bills. Well, yeah, maybe because of, like, you know, with his sponsors and stuff. But, you know, the fire pays his wage. And, you know, at, at this point... And I brought this up, I believe, two or three episodes ago. If 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 he has any, you know, decency left in him, if he has any dignity, if he wants, like... The fans to at least respect him, and I know respect isn't the proper word. We we went through this conversation before, but you know, he should just be upfront, and honest. If he doesn't want to be here, just say so. And right now, he doesn't really want to be here. Do you know what this reminds me of? Um, it reminds me of Jermaine Defoe in Toronto. Yeah. Where it was a big signing, and, and it's like, and it, he just doesn't get the league, and he's a bit mentally checked out at the end of the season, and he's going. Do you think he goes back to France? Like, like that's the other thing is, does he ask for a transfer? Because, like in my mind, with with um, a caveat here that I know nothing. I talked to no members of the front office. Uh, I don't know Shakiri. I've never met him. I've never asked a question of him. Are you telling you never uh, had dinner with him at Portillo's? Or no, I've never had dinner with him at Portillo's. Oh, uh, I've, I've gone shopping with Lukaku at the Jewels. So, <laughs> did you really? I, no. Okay. I thought. Uh, oh, you're doing okay. I understand. Anyway, um. It looks like just from the way he carries himself on the field and the way he um, is playing, the way he talks to his teammates on the field, that for me, it's 50-50 whether he asks for a transfer after the World Cup or not. This, of course, if he plays really well in the World Cup, you're going to get offers for him. And if I'm the fire front office, I take them. Like, if you can get two-thirds of your transfer, if you can get him for $5 million, if he if you get a $5 million offer for Shakiri, that's, what, two-thirds of what you paid for him? Like, eight, right? Um, I would take that deal. But, all right, so going back to Jermaine Defoe, um, I will defend him though, because I, I actually do rate him. With an exception, no, he was awful in Toronto. He scored eleven goals in seventeen or eighteen or so appearances. He still produced results compared to Shakiri. Look this up, because I rate him except for his time in Sunderland and Tottenham, which is basically most of his career. But I rate the man. So I will defend him, but he he still produced results for Toronto despite him checking out within like the first few weeks. Not like Shakiri, 
who well it's different right because it's easier to produce when checked out as a striker and it's much more difficult to do what shakiri's job is on the squad when he's checked out i wouldn't say it's easy to produce well, well obviously the hardest thing to do in the game is score a goal, but it's, it, it, it is easier to score when mentally checked out Barrage. than it is to provide when you're mentally checked out. Yeah, I, I see your point. Because but... you, like, like, you don't have to pay attention to the game except when you are on the ball or are about to be past the ball. Whereas like, if you're playing Shakiri's position... You have to be in it 100% all the time for 90 minutes every game. I guess so. But, you know, going back to Shakiri and um, him possibly going to Europe, I I don't think that's a possibility because, you know, his time in Uber Eats League, it wasn't that great. And, you know, clubs are also looking at his current performance here in Chicago as well. The what only... Sure, but if he has a really good World Cup, I I don't think the World Cup. The World I don't Cup I don't think the World Cup tax will have, unless you're English. I don't think it's going to work this season. And you know, if if he does get an offer, it's going to be from Qatar, Saudi Arabia, or you know, one of those. You know, and let's be real they, i mean for for lack of a better word they kind of are mercenary leagues just because of the extra, they're they're basically the new chinese super leagues mm-hmm. and i don't think you know yes it's probably a possibility that you'll probably get an offer from you know mid-table bundesliga side or you know maybe mid-table you know uber eats league side but i think his talk has tanked mainly because of his time during leon and, you know, his, his, you know, later time in Liverpool before he was, you know, pushed out by Klopp and during time, during his time here in Chicago. So I, I don't think he'll get a, I don't think, I mean, a club will probably offer the fire, you know, some money, but not enough for the fire to get rid of him. And if the, if, you know, if a club does offer the fire really good money, it's probably going to be somewhere out in the Middle East. Um... That's just my opinion, though. I don't know. I think there's some validity in to what you say. I think regardless of who offers the fire money, if, if they do offer anything close to what they paid for him, you say yes, right? Yeah, of course you say yes, but I don't I don't think, you know they're I don't think the fire are gonna get, you know, five million for him. Maybe someone will shoot an offer about two to three million. And at that point, I think you should just keep Shakiri just for the shirt sales or something. I mean, maybe, but like if they're going back to the red shirts, the shirt sales will be fine anyway. Yeah. So, um, I don't think that that's an issue. Which, which, by the way, is this, um, off topic. Well, we always go off topic, but um, the first time I'm going to buy a shirt is next season. I haven't bought a new jersey in a while. Uh, the last one I have is the twenty fifth anniversary, the two thousand eighteen twenty fifth anniversary. The last one I bought, I think, was the twenty twenty seventeen one. Who it's signed by Grant Lillard, Dax McCarty, and Mo Adams. Grant Lillard, that's a name. There's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Um. Yeah, it's Shakiri's just a massive ball of disappointment. 
I think. Um, there were such high hopes and expectations. And he just started off bad and never... There, there were flashes, right, of Shakiri quality. But it just never... It just never came together the way it should have. And I think that... Um, I think that it's hurting the club, honestly. Uh, I I think that it is... Um, they needed him to be better than he was and his attitude and everything. It's just, it's not, it's not what you want or what you need from a guy who's, you know, your highest paid player and, and, you know, your leader for lack of a better term. Um, we saw some of this in LA. Like if you look at David Beckham with the galaxy for example, um, the leadership from him wasn't there. And L.A. didn't win a title. Did they win a title with Beckham? Yeah, they did. Well, it's mostly because of thanks to Keane. Right, that's that's sort of where I was going that. It wasn't really until Robbie Keane got there and Landon Donovan, you know, matured that the L.A. Galaxy were able to win a title. It, it really had nothing. And at that point, David Beckham was just, you know, he sold shirts and he played out on the wing. Well, you know, Donovan and Keane and Todd Donovan and did all the work. So it's sort of like that with Shakiri, and that's disappointing. We demand better out of our big time players. Like, if he gave the Fada, like, like you look at, a guy, it's galling, right? Because if you look at a guy like Federico Navarro, who just comes in and, and runs his ass off for 90 minutes every night and, you know, d- does things like that. And then you look over at Shakiri, your, your superstar guy, not putting in the effort. Um, It's... It is it, it it's very obvious, I think, that he came into the league thinking it was gonna be a cakewalk. You know, like 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 a lot of big time European players do. Because you don't really see this from you know, you sign a South American to MLS. Like a big time who played in Europe. Like like if you look at I know this is kind of a bad example. Um because of you know how what the team was like when he was there, but like I didn't get and maybe I'm wrong because I'm not the biggest Orlando City observer, but I didn't get like this kind of half assed effort vibes from Kaka when he was here, even though he was hurt half the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, even with Nani as well. Um, and Nani's Portuguese, so he's European, but he's not white European. And I think, I think there's, and, and by white European, I, and I know Shakiri's not English, but there's the the anti MLS bias from a lot of the players who spent a lot of time in England. 
who come into MLS and and cuz cuz I I can't think of a lot of players who played a lot of England time in England that have been successful in the United States. Right? Like what did David Villa do in NYCFC except for commit Stat sexual that? harassment? Oh, yeah, right? Um like like Wayne Rooney is the only guy I can think of who like took the league seriously when he came over here. Cause Lampard and Gerard certainly didn't, but like like and David Beckham didn't really in the beginning. Um, until like Bruce Arena got there and started Bruce Arenaing. Um, like Freddie Youngberg was good for Seattle, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um... So like. It's something about the English football vibes that are... And, of course, Thierry Henry came over, but, again, uh, Thierry Henry came over and embraced the league. Yeah, he won a supporter shield. It it helps that um, Ian Wright's son was also playing with him. And like was able to so there's like that Arsenal there's that Arsenal sort of connection already with the Red Bulls that you know you have to come over and you got to play and you got to take it seriously. Um, but I think a lot of the players who play in England don't take it seriously unless they're like from this hemisphere, like um, they're um, also American or Mexican or Brazilian or, you know, from South America. Are, are um, you telling, are you telling me Grant Ward wasn't a successful player here? I'm kidding. You don't get it. See, <laughs> I like Grant Ward as a player. I liked him when he was here. I didn't think he got a fair shake. Um, but like, you know what has what? he done? You know why? Because he came from Spurs. That's why. Right. Yeah, that's true. But like, like Jack Harrison is another example of a guy who came over here, but he went to college, right? So he understood the grind of American soccer better than a lot of people coming over from England. Like, I don't think English players do well in MLS because I don't think they have the attitude for it. This is an attitude league, right? Like it's it's there's a lot of, you know, Latin flair and stuff that you have to have, you know, technically, but um they can't handle the SEC grind. Right. Or the travel or anything like that. It's a it, MLS is a very difficult league to come over and play well. And I think, you know, you're starting to see with Shakiri like he just wasn't up for it. I don't think he was up for MLS. Maybe if he stays and he's better in year two. But I, I just don't think he was prepared for or would um, was appreciating what uh, what he was going to have to go through to, to be a good player in MLS. And when you're paying a guy a lot of money, that's extremely disappointing. 
Um, and I would not be sad. And and a lot of the response on Twitter that I've gotten from the fan base is that they wouldn't be um, sad to see him go either. A lot of people are ready to be done with Shota and Shakiri. I don't blame them. You, I don't either. You already know our feelings. Yeah. So. We spent the last 15 minutes talking about it. Um, we already touched on Kendall Burks, right? He's not yeah, ready. That was, that was in the very beginning. Yeah, that was in the beginning of the show, in case you needed a recap. Yeah, he's not really ready. Um, What else? What else? Um, John Duran, he's your starting striker going into next season, right? And we've had this discussion last episode. I think you should just either play both Duran and Shabilko or just rotate because I like I said last episode, I, I think there's gonna be another redemption or a redemption arc for Shabilko. And I think um I, I, I believe in, you know, Ezra's quality as a coach and you know, that was another I think it was a net comment that was left or or, yeah, th- you know, there's been a lot of people who think Ezra Hendrickson should be fired, and I'm going to straight up say that I think you're stupid if you no, think that. B- because look, look at what he has at his disposal. He has no one to fall back on. Like he's doing the best that he can with this squad that he was given. Like all in all, this season, like yes. There, there were times when, you know, Ezra has made some questionable decisions and, you know, and I think head coach, you're going to get that. Yeah. And, 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 you know, a lot of that also has to do with his coaching staff as well. But look at what Ezra has. And, you know, compared to, you know, Raphael Wicke, you know, that that squad was still relatively healthy. But But the squad is better than Wicke's squad. Correct. But this squad is also depleted as well. I think he's doing think, the best. He's doing the best. I, I, I'm not. Has. I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, I'm just sort of playing devil's advocate a bit. I think Wiki's squad um, would be better. I think Wiki with this squad probably they. Pro- I think they make the playoffs because Wiki has had had time to learn the lessons like he he's not i i think a lot of the problems with the fire is the fact that ezra hendrickson is a first year head coach and if he had a couple of more years i think he makes the playoffs this season um so me saying i think wiki makes the playoffs with this team is not a knock on ezra hendrickson it's just sort of a fact that he would have he he'd have more experience he doesn't have the two or three years of managerial experience that would have helped him lead this team to the playoffs if that makes any sense no it does um i i partially agree with you but at the same time i i just don't know i i, I don't think people should be you know chanting um Ezra out at this point. You, I don't you, think so. I think that's 
incredibly stupid. You just have to look at, you know, what is, and I'm pretty sure everyone can see what the current state of this squad is right now. He's, he's, he's playing Kendall Burks, you know, for God's sake. That, mm-hmm. that should just tell you everything right there. And, you know, this, this all just boils down to heights at the end of the day. If, if, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, world-class, you know, backup. It could be anyone, you know, somewhere from this league. Just like a suitable sure. MLS backup. Sure. But that again, that's a front office issue and not a Ezra yeah. Hendrickson issue. It's not. And that's why I said this is this is a heights and this all this whatever happened this season all boils down to heights. I agree. Um that will do it for today's show. Uh you can find us on Twitter at the Hotcast. You can find me on Twitter at Ruben Tish. You can find RJ on Twitter at RGA underscore zero two. There will be no show next week. It is an international break, which means RJ is not going to watch any soccer because he hates international football. Uh, and I am going to watch all of it, but we're not going to talk about it. We get a break uh, before. Uh, I'm actually, I'm going to play some video games. You can play some video games. I probably am too because Assassin's Creed Odyssey is on Xbox Game Pass for PC. So I'm going to play that. Um, but yeah, that's it for uh, the show today. We will see you in two weeks after the fire take on FC Cincinnati. Um, RJ, since this is our last time speaking before then... How many academy players and homegrowns do you want to see in that starting 11 against Cincinnati? Mm. Like, are, we, are we also going to be counting some Fire 2 players as well? I, I'd like to see Glasgow get a shot in the first team. I'd like to see him on the bench. Like, Misael Rodriguez got on the bench yeah. uh, the other night. He didn't get in the game. But I think, you know, even if he just watches the game from the bench I think that could be real valuable to his development yeah I, I like to see Glasgow so I, I think that's the, that's the only name of, you know off the top of my head right now um, but like what about the guys who are already on the first team like you know your Casas Juniors your Sergio Orihel I think starting Orihel over Shakiri would be kind of funny and it would send Shakiri a message he doesn't care this point. Right, but you, you, know. you can start. You can start with the mo- you know those Monterey security dudes over him, and he doesn't really care. Um, yeah, or hell, I guess. Uh, let's go. Um, I don't know. Just just be creative at this point. There's there's really there's really nothing to lose except your pride and dignity. And I think well, even then, I mean, there's there's no more pride left. Anyway. Yeah, that's the show. We'll see you next week, everybody. <laughs> see ya.